Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody, not just thinkers and writers, but some of the world's leading artists and photographers, and indeed one of the world's leading artists and photographers. Roger Ballen has been on the show before. He's a very distinguished uh, creative force based in South Africa. He was on the show uh, back in November uh, talking about how good photography should get under our skin and assault us. This was articulated in his book of photography, Boyhood, that came out last year. And Roger is back, both as a creative force um, and uh, as a guest on the show. Uh, he's one of the most important photographic artists of the 21st century. And he has not just a new exhibit, but a new center, the Inside Out Center for the Arts, he himself built between 2019 and 2020 in Johannesburg. Uh, and there's a new exhibit there, which he's uh, going to tell us about. It's called end of the game and roger is joining us from johannesburg where he's just returned from europe roger uh congratulations on the inside out center for the arts um it's uh it's based alongside two other uh, museums tell us about this complex in, in johannesburg and why you've done it well um i always wanted to build a center a museum this went on for many many years and I just by chance, I think it was in January 2018, found an ideal property here, which I could develop into a museum. It was close to where I lived. It was very convenient and it had business rights. So I decided to uh, try the, uh, to build this center. And when I built it, I wasn't sure whether it was going to be only a photography center or more than that. And as time went on, I could see that the architecture of the building was maybe more suited towards installations and drawings and videos rather than just photography. Photography traditionally was this, uh, the prints were rather small on the small side and my work has moved towards this direction of installations and, and films and whatever as well as photography. So as the building went up I saw that it should be more than just a photo museum and uh, I was always trying to figure out what's the topic, because I guess if you don't have a topic, you're in trouble. So um, I was influenced um, by Peter Beard. I knew Peter Beard uh, for many years ago, and there was this book he did called End of the Game in the 60s. It, it was what a revolutionary book, I think, in, in conservation and photography in some way. And this was done in the 60s, and I had it, it was quite impactful for this. So this word, end of the game, kept kept in my mind all the time. And so uh, I guess about a year, a year and a half ago, I started to look at, um, at pictures, hunting pictures in Africa from the last uh, century, from around 1900, 1910, 1890, around then. And I started to find really powerful imagery. And, and so uh, this became the, uh, the topic for, for what I was to do. And then I built on the topic. And you know, as we talk, you can see what, what type of... Um... Yeah, well, I, I want to talk about the, the end of the game exhibit, but let's go back to this inside-out center. It's a very, um, very Balanesque title. Why, why did you call it the inside-out center, Roger? Yeah, because the work comes from the inside, not just like a little bit inside, deep inside the place 
of the mind that's uh, wordless. And so you have to go deep inside the mind and let that uh, part of itself ex express itself through the artistic endeavor that, that I've been involved in. So I think I'm trying to create uh, pictures that have a strong psychological impact and in some ways um, go beyond uh, uh, words that, that you can't actually put what you see into words other than enigmatic, strange, mysterious, mm, this is getting deep inside me. I'm not sure how to explain it, but it- Right, the, the Wikipedia, your, your Wikipedia uh, entry des describes you describing your own work as existential psychodramas. Is, is there some truth to that? Do you like that term? Yeah, I think I do like the term because it's some, somehow or another about trying to define my, myself in a psychological Way. And in an odd way, Roger, as a photographer, we uh, you're, you're known as a photographer. So this this notion of inside outside of existential psychodrama is all photography like that, or is that just your no. interpretation of what no, photography? No, is? no, most most of it these days has nothing to do with that, and through the history of photography, very little. But you know, people express themselves through photography, through drawing, in different other ways, and say, well, I'm. I'm revealing myself, my interests, my emotions. So you can't negate the concept that people are using a camera to express themselves, whether they're expressing deep, deep psychological message that messages that affect people on that level is another question, another issue there. I don't think much has happened in photography on that level. I think, you know, painting is more in that direction. Maybe poetry is more in that direction, but very little in photography in, in my uh, my impression and my study of photography for the last 50 years, very little. So it, would it be fair to, to describe this new exhibit at the Inside Out uh, Center as the, your, your end of the game, uh, your inaugural show? Is it a existential psychodrama about Africa? I think it's an existential psychodrama to people um, who then go through this exhibition and start to feel really bad and feel really guilty about their relationship to nature and, and, and wildlife. I mean, a lot of people walk out of here crying actually, and they're all affected. And a lot of people come to the museum who've never been to a museum before. They don't know what a museum is. You gotta understand I'm not in New York City here. And when they see this museum uh, and whether they've ever never been to a museum or they been to thousands of museums, they're always affected by what they see here. You know, they're a bit disturbed because what you see here is a is 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 it's a worrying thing. You know, what what do we do? What do we do to our uh, to this to the planet? What do we do to these animals? Isn't it a terrible thing that's sort of happened? And I sort of feel uh, I'm talking as another person. I sort of feel responsible. What is it about our species that has created this mess? So would it be fair to call the end of the game a kind of, you know, in, in terms of this existential psychodrama, a colonial one in terms of the, the, the pillaging of, of African nature by wealthy Western hunters? Is that the, the essence of the exhibit? No, it's definitely not the essence. It just was the, it's just, I use that as an example, because, you know, you could, you could go back to Roman times and, Romans pillaged North Africa for animals they use in the Colosseum and other places. In the United States, look at the buffalo situation, 180 million buffalo eight, in 1700s. By 1860, there were 60 left. So this is not a new thing, this pillaging of, of nature and 
of, or of wildlife. It, but, you know, you have to start somewhere. So we, in Africa, the problem started, more, if you ex exclude the Roman period, it really, it started, you know, around 1860, 1870, 1880, somewhere like that, when the oh, uh, Europeans started to colonialize Africa and started to uh, kill animals, um, you know, just for, for safari purposes. You know, there were people who came, killed animals, they needed food, and they, you know, tra traveling in Africa, they killed a few. But, but this pillaging really started uh, in Africa, and the destruction of the wildlife started around this period, late 1800s. Uh, uh, so yeah, responsibility, uh, I know you have some references in the exhibit to Theodore Roosevelt and Winston Churchill, these wealthy Western hunters. How much responsibility do they have? Yeah, well, they had a, a great responsibility. I mean, if you look at Roosevelt, who in the United States, to best of my knowledge, is seen as a conservation hero, but in one of his safaris, he um, lasting a little less than a year, he killed nearly 12,000 animals, 12,000 animals. And what did he do with them? Some he shot and they skinned them and sent them back to the Washington, uh, Washington to use in some of the museums. But I guess a lot of them just deteriorated and on the earth and became earth again. So, you know, there's a person, this one human being in less than a year killed 12,000 animals for what purpose? And so, you know, this, there were other people like him, plenty of other people like him. And then others followed, you know, the, come to Africa for a month or two or three and enjoy the adventure, the wildlife and go back a big hero because you shot an elephant or rhino or something like this. And then others came to kill the, the elephant. The elephant was, you know, most devastated because, you know, it, it was easy money. Um, there was real money involved in the elephant. And even to this day, you know, you, you shot the elephant for the ivory, or it just wasn't killing for killing purposes. The elephant was a lucrative business and still is. The show uh, deals with what you describe as an um, ecolog ecological devastation. How much of this is bound up, not just with uh, the attacks on these African species, but also on nature itself? Yeah, well, this is the history of the species, I guess. You know, and w when we look at the devastation on the planet, if you want to use that word, it, it just incrementally worse year after year after year. There are more and more people, more and more consumption. People are more and more out of touch with nature in every way. So it's it's it just goes on and on and on. I don't I don't I don't pretend to have any answers. I have to tell you the truth. I don't have the answers. I'm trying to make people aware of the problem, but the answers are you know multiple and and sometimes the answers create other problems so i don't pretend that answers but this is an ongoing uh, problem and, and just escalating all the time and i guess the end result is the uh, animal that what's left in nature will only be in parks um zoos and in places that are so inhabitable inhospitable that nobody can get to i think that's the end result you talk about the end result. The, the show is entitled End of the Game, a very ominous title. So there's nothing left. In an odd way, Roger, you've got nothing to photograph, which is in a, a strange way forced you to become an artist rather than a photographer. Because if if it's been destroyed, what, what does or should a photographer do? Well, you know, you know, I... My other series have been about birds and dogs and cats and rats and the relationship 
between the, the, the people and the place and these animals is, is a disassociated relationship. It's, it's a, a, a broken down relationship. So I guess, you know, I, I get to the same conclusion, but not photographing a big game. I deal with this issue on, on a different level, but so that's been one way I've had to approach it. I'm not trying to romanticize the relationship far from it. And I guess that most people are romanticizing the relationship. And, and if you look in the Western world, I guess most people think the relationship to man and nature is harmonious because their cat or dog likes them. Some of the, some of the, the pieces of work are quite jarring. Here's one for people watching your cat catcher from 1998. How many works of art are there in the exhibit and tell me about some of them are they mostly um some of the other images is one of a uh, a large cat victor um tell me more about the exhibit itself roger yeah so they're from the photographic side they're photographs i've taken uh, from the mid-1980s in south africa uh, in the countryside of people who were involved in hunting and then beginning uh, in 95, all the photographs were in Johannesburg and the photographs, um, the black and white photographs, as I said, go back to 85 to about 2015 or 16. And these are black and white photographs that have something to do with human, humanity's relationship to animals one way or another. And then the other photographs in the exhibition are color ones. So I worked in black and white for 50 years, black and white film for 50 years. In the last five years, I've only done uh, color work and the color work also uh, deals with this same issue, but in color. And then the other part of the exhibition is probably about 10 installations. You, you saw one of them of the lion over the hunter. And I built a house inside the exhibition. Uh, and if you go in the house, you somehow or another feel like you're not only walking into a hunter's room but you feel like you're walking into some interior place in your own mind that you that you that you feel that you think you've been to before you know you've been to before but you have no memory of where you've been you mentioned that there's been quite a reaction of the people who have viewed the exhibit what types of people are coming is it a, a very middle class white audience or is it more diverse well we've had a diverse audience uh, over the last three, four months. Um, I think, you know, we've had different people come here from overseas people to students to um, people who work in Johannesburg. So we've had a fa fairly diverse uh, audience, you know. I think, you know, I think, you know, you would expect people who generally go to a museum to be maybe more on the educated side interested in art. So I think there's been preponderance of, of those type of people rather than people who've never been to a museum, but I've had enough people here that have never been to a museum and know nothing about art to, to uh, know that um, the museum has an effect. So I've always said that about my own photographs and I'm happy to see it here. If you show one of my photographs to somebody who's never seen a photograph and they're affected, this is a very good benchmark to knowing that your pictures are, are good photographs or they work because they don't know what they're looking at, but they immediately work. and I see this all the time when I show people who never seen a one of my photographs or even a photograph before they look at the thing and they're they don't they get they say Jesus is scary this is 
I don't, I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm scared. These pictures are making me scared. There's spirits in the picture, something like this. Then I know I'm doing something right. I know I'm doing something. I'm getting there. I'm getting to the right place. Yeah, it's um, it's situated alongside uh, the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Museum. Is that appropriate? I, I don't mean um, morally appropriate, but is it any coincidence that you've seen? No, no, it's funny. You know, you're, you're absolutely 100% you're spot on with your comments. Uh, the woman who runs that museum came here and she said, you know, we're, we're brothers or sisters here. We're talking about the human holocaust and next door. What you have is the natural holocaust. So that we're, I think we're brothers and sisters here. What's the next stage in in our collective species existential drama, Roger? I know you've got some strong feelings on the rise of AI art from an African perspective. Is this just the next chapter in our existential psychodrama? Well, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. You, you know, you can stand on your head and jump off a bridge and produce art. So the thing is, is it's ultimately what what are you producing and does it have an effect um, on people's deeper subconscious mind and more of a permanent effect so the means that you use isn't that important it's, it's the results that we there might be um, there's some ai stuff that i've seen that's very powerful and i've seen a lot of stuff that looks sort of fake or doesn't not not coherent but i've seen a, the same in normal photography so i think in the end you have to just uh, produce strong work and you know, and that's to be the criteria rather than trying to decide, well, uh, you know, you did it this way or that way, you know, ultimately um, it's what you did, I guess. I mean, the problem, I guess, in AI more than anything else is people would say, well, you're using other people's art to produce your own art. And that, you know, that brings up all sorts of issues, which, you know, I, you know, which we could talk about, but probably not even relevant to the conversation. Well, it is. I mean, how would you feel if, if some of this work from the end of the game is a, appropriated by some algorithm and used for on Instagram or, or, or other? I've had this problem for like decades now. There's positive and negatives. The negative is it's like it's appropriation and you don't get credit usually for what you do. The, the positive side is getting your images out there one way or another. So at least people are seeing them on different levels. And, it, and if it has some benefit to the, to the viewer, to society, to culture, to art, then well, maybe it's a good thing. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to know. It's, it, you know, people, when they see something of yours on the wall, they, they, I mean, when I was younger, I copied people, not directly, but I mean, I was affected by this style and then, try to emulate them. And I guess that's different than actually using bits and pieces of the images and saying they're, they're yours. But I mean, if somebody, if it is from AI, you know immediately that it's not the person that's it's, it's, it's taking other people's images and putting them together. So you know what you're looking at. Your existential psychodramas, it goes without saying, Roger, are rather dark, rather depressing. Um, end of the game, as I said, has an ominous tone, but it's also a call to action, your work, isn't it? It's not really the end of the game. In some ways, seeing a Balan exhibit should be thought of as the beginning of the game. What are you trying You're 100% right. That's, that's what it should be. So the dark, the concept of the dark or whatever, there's no dark darkness in the work. It's, it's dark because people have, 
have a repressed personality. They don't want to deal with issues of, of themselves or things around them. So that's the, that's the Jungian shadow side. And so that's not dark. It's just repressed. It's avoided. And so hopefully the, the pictures help people deal with things they avoid and come to terms with their, their own reality, the, the reality around them, and then are more able to act in a constructive way. That's, that's all you can hope for. I mean, I, I can't say whether this will happen or not happen. I hope it makes some contribution to, to the people who see the work and to culture in general. But, you know, I wouldn't vouch for anything. Well, as I said in the in the first show we did with you, you talked about how good photographers should get underneath our skin. Your work is trying to get underneath our skin in this new exhibit, End of the Game. But what should people be coming out of the exhibit thinking if African wildlife has essentially been decimated? What should people do? It's gone. It's finished. Well, you know, that it. well, that is always a problem. What do you do? You know, how do you how do you do how do you stop a lot of things that are going on in the world? It's not so easy, you know. People have been trying to stop a war. You see what happened now. People have been stopped, uh, you know, interested in you know stopping you know decimation of forest. You see what's going on now. So I don't have all the answers. I think you know all you can do is try to make people more aware, emotionally aware of the issues, and maybe they're more emotionally aware of the issues of. They'll think about their actions in, in, in some way or another, and maybe some of these actions will have some effect, and others will just be you know, really amount to nothing. So uh, I think awareness is an is a, is a important issue, awareness of the self, your relationship to the environment. You're, is, we're all part of the problem. Please, I don't pretend not to be part of the problem. I'm part of the problem. You're part of the problem. We contribute to the problem. Our species is contributing to the problem. Some people more, some people less. But we, but we can't ever separate ourselves from the problem. That's an important part of the issue that you don't separate yourself and say, "Well, I'm I'm okay. I I don't eat meat." Well, you're not okay. You're still contributing, and you have to understand your relationship to the problem and whether you can overcome it is totally is doubtful. Uh, Roger, yesterday we had Christian Cooper on our show. He's um, a well-known American bird watcher. He was involved in a in a huge, uh, shameful episode in Central Park in New York, where he was accused by a white woman of disturbing her, and uh, he became a, a national celebrity almost overnight. We talked about his love of birding. He just has a new book out on birding, and, and we talked about photography. He said he doesn't bring a camera he just looks through binoculars um the new wave of western tourists coming to africa and that might include myself in fact i'm talking to my wife about this is coming to africa not to shoot big game but to f photograph it um what do you think of that are western tourists like myself descendants of teddy roosevelt and his 19th century uh attempt to destroy nature and species in Africa? Is, is, is there any moral uh, existential psychodrama about Western tourists coming to Africa and photographing nature? Uh, or is, is that okay? Well, look, you know, what, what's the best answer? I guess they talked about, people have been speaking about this issue of Westerners coming, going to the parks, 
spending a lot of money, you know, and sort of looking down on the people who work for them and work in these parks and, and whatever, the rich come to Africa to photograph, uh, you know, and spend money in expensive places. Well, what's the alternative, I guess, if, the, if you don't have the rich coming, then the parks won't, uh, won't stay parks or you get poaching, they won't have money to to manage these places and the, and then what will happen in the end, the, the animals will get poached, the places will become, I guess, habitated by humans and, and then uh, that's a worse situation. So I guess being a practi being practical, it's a, it's a good thing. It brings money into the country, into the communities, and then they support the parks. Otherwise, I don't think there'd be any support for these, for these parks and the animals would be poached and the post objects would be sent all over the world for a lot of money, which the local community probably wouldn't be benefiting very much from. So, yeah, it's a... Does it make any difference whether we bring cameras, Roger? Well, the camera doesn't hurt anybody, so it's just a, it's just a, it's an invisible sh a shot. It's not, it's a, it's an invisible way of shooting something and there's no harm done to, to anybody. So it's to the animal, to the environment and somebody uh, with their camera takes on these pictures. They have, usually have great memories and, and they are very positive about uh, preservation of the parts and the species. So this is, I think this is all positive. It can't be negative. There's nothing negative about it because if, as I said, if people don't go to these places then that's the end of them. There's, there's no, there's no nostalgia in Africa for animals. I mean, the animals is a, is generally a, a way of, uh, it's either a form of food or a way of making money out of out of nature. That you know, I think we're lo we're long gone from the uh, situation where the local communities see something romantic about what's there. I mean, it's there's not necessarily a, a positive relationship between the local community, the international community, and and the animals in nature. Is it's not there. It's just not there. It's you be. It's just it's a disappearing. Uh, world and it's been disappearing for 150 years. Roger, I've been recently rereading uh, Susan Sontag's book on photography that I think was written in the early 70s. What's amazing about it is in spite of all the technological change over the last 50 years, everything she writes about is just exaggerated these days. Has anything no. happened with our obsession with photography over the last 50 years that surprises you as a photographer and an artist, the philosopher, if you like, of photography? Well, I guess the surprise has been this digital photography because it's so proliferated everything beyond anything that she would have imagined at the time or I wouldn't imagine 20 years ago. It's, it's you know, it, the amount of images created has gone up maybe by 10,000 times a day and it's become there's such a wide range of imagery and such a flood and oversaturation of imagery that it's that it's um, it's it's everything we do is almost associated with trying to capture something on Instagram or Facebook and proliferate it. So it's not a, a specialized field anymore. A photograph isn't necessarily special. It's just a way of it's a stream of reality for most people, and um, and then you forget it again. And I guess. The image, as she said, is always something to preserve of the past, preserve a memory, preserve something in life beyond just a memory. It becomes an objectified memory, but it's there's so much of this now that I don't know if people can even remember their photographs. 
I don't think any of them. Most of us take so many so quickly. Finally, Roger, uh, you were the South African representative, I think, at the Vien, uh, the uh, the Venice Biennale this year. When are we going to see some of this work in uh, in North America or in Europe? Well, I have a very um, good show at Museum Tingley now in Basel, and this. Uh, yeah, doesn't... I saw that. Is that the same stuff, the, the, the Basel uh, thing? You're, that's so this, called Call of the Void, right? So this is not, this doesn't have anything to do with what I showed at the Venice. In, in, well, the Venice Biennale was about apparitions, so there's things that exist. Uh, it's about afterlife in a way. And when you go to the Call of the Void, you're, in a way, what do you, what do you mean by this? You mean... You sort of mean what? What is going to happen to me? Where am I going to go? Is it? Am I going to end up as a spirit or apparition or or, or, or nothing? So, you know, this concept of the void is, I think, the the most basic concept of what drives humanity. What's going to happen to me? What am I here for? And where did I come from? We can't get near the answers to these questions, and so we sublimate into all sorts of ways that try to keep us away from trying to ponder this question. But what about the Africa stuff? You're gonna bring that to North America? I know you're originally from there. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they have some exhibitions in, in America. I'm hoping to come in September. I have a lot of people I wanna see who are interested in creating big shows of mine and, and we'll try to uh, formula, finalize these uh, events, um, you know, uh, hopefully this, this fall. I'm a lot of interest. I just gotta get the date sorted out so we can go to the next step.